O Lord, bless me and keep me and make your face shine down on me. Let your countenance bring me peace. That was the first blessing verse that I learned about 29 years ago. And it's a song, Light of Your Face, that I've just been singing for the past five or six months. I can't get it out of my head. The Lord is compassionate to us. Compassion is treating others with the way that we would like to be treated. Everyone needs compassion. We have that innate need inside of us for love and kindness and for compassion. When my children were younger, Matt had Lovey. This is all that's left of Lovey. Lovey sort of loved to death. And this was Stevie's Kelly. Whenever she would walk in the door, this is the first thing that she would go to, starting in pre-kindergarten. There are two things in our home that have had a lot of love and compassion showed to them. With Christmas upon us, I started thinking of ways that we as a family in the past and today showed compassion to those who entered our door. And as sometime during the the evening or the day when people were there, I got out this old 1897 edition of The Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And inside it is something that Steve's great aunt wrote in 1923. She said, The carol contains the whole gospel of Christmas. It calls upon us to give ourselves up to mirth and good cheer. It kindles our hearts anew into a glow of thankfulness and unselfishness. It builds us to build larger hearth fires and their cheery warmth embrace all of mankind. Its words convey our heart thoughts during Christmas to be kind and to be compassionate. Compassion, as with any character trait whatsoever, every family must decide how to abide. What is best for them? No two families will be alike. Last month I mentioned that I was not a Pinterest mom. Well, going home, I really felt guilty about that. So the reason I'm not a Pinterest mom is I'm not a craft person. And so whenever I go online and I see all that stuff, it makes me feel like I fall short of who I want to be. So that's why I don't go on Pinterest, because I know that I'm not capable of doing all of that stuff. We have a tendency to feel like we fall short anyway without putting it right there in front of us. Instead, may we ask God to show us compassion, revealing the area where we best shine, and then to shine forth to our own children. My children were sports-minded, so I learned the rules of the game. And over the years, I gradually became more devotion-oriented. I knew the time would fly by, and I wanted to share with them what the Lord meant to me more than anything. I knew that I could not always be with my children, but I knew that the Lord could and that he would be with them. Psalm 103.13 tells us, As a father, a mom is compassionate on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And to fear the Lord means to honor him, to rever him, to give him all of the glory and all of the praise. As moms, let us practice compassion. If we plan too much for our day and we fall short of our own expectations, we have a tendency to take it out on those who we love the most and that is our family. 
During this busy month, we have to be careful of the three culprits that raise their heads, and that is fatigue, unrealistic goals, and overscheduling. Be optimistic and do not compare yourself to any family, because as I just a few seconds ago, no two families are going to be alike. The Lord made each of us a unique individual. We are written upon the palm of his hand, as Isaiah 49.16 tells us. When compassion is in our heart, it takes root within our home. If one thing today really, really tugs at your heartstrings, take it home and put it into practice. Let compassion rule during your home in the month of December, really year-round. Opportunities to display compassion are not set by a schedule. They occur randomly, and we have to respond to God's little nudges to be able to carry out that compassion whenever he leads us to do so. Any time is the right time to be compassionate. Ephesians 4.32 tells us to be kind and compassionate, to be forgiving. Memorize that verse as a family. The more that we use our compassion muscle, the stronger that it becomes. Compassion starts within, and then it is displayed in our words and our action. May we be genuine, because toddler to teens are going to realize when what we say does not correspond to what we do. Little things make a big impact with our children. Our words matter. If we cannot say anything... Don't say anything at all. We can't take back harsh words once they are said. How could I have reacted differently? Or what is the Lord trying to teach me? May our words build up and encourage, not argue and complain whatsoever. Did you know it takes ten positive comments to wash away one negative comments? Proverbs 12.1 tells us that reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. It's wrong to hurt others with cruel words. It's bullying, and it's not compassionate whatsoever. Turning a blind eye and doing nothing is avoidance behavior, and it will catch up with us. It's easier to prevent a problem now than it is to take care of one and solve it on down the road. Teaching compassion to our children starts at a young age, And never stop, because even when our children are adults, as mine are, they are still watching what you do. Let's just practice L-J-S-O-A-O. Let's let Jesus stick out all over. Steve and I decided when our kids were small that there were three words and one phrase we were never going to say. It was very hard. They were dumb, stupid, and shut up, and I told you so. And I did not say shut up to my children until they were both in college, and it was well worth the wait (laughs) to have seen the expression on their face. Our words matter. May we teach our children right from wrong, which is a form of compassion. It's standing firm for what we believe, regardless of whose company they are in. Stand up for the underdog. Be a friend to the child who's alone in the cafeteria, who's alone out on the playground, who no one wants to play with in the classroom whatsoever. And then whenever you have a teen, please tell them, call me, I'll come and get you, I'll reward you if someone is drinking and you want to be out of the situation. If the parents aren't at home and you thought they were going to be, call me, I will reward you for the situation. 
to teach your teen to be strong enough to say, I'm leaving. I am not going to stay here. Refrain has great gain. Let me repeat that. Refrain has great gain. We desire to raise moral children. Some are going to lose their way, so we've got to pray them back. And we want to be like that prodigal father, the prodigal, um, the prodigal son with the father and the mother in Luke 10, where they held their arms out, welcoming back that son. We can welcome our daughters and our sons back into our hearts whenever we have open arms. We want to train up our children in the way that they should go with love and kindness and compassion. We want to train them up so they can win the moral battles from the playground to the locker room, to the college campus, to the boardroom, or wherever they might work. Our words matter. When our kids were growing up, we used the two steps to forgiveness. The first one was, I'm sorry. And the second one is, will you forgive me? Using the pronouns, I'm sorry, and will you forgive me? It's using personal pronouns, and it makes it more heartfelt. It makes it more personal whenever you use the pronouns. Verbalizing the simple courtesies of please, may I, and thank you form a foundation of matters. And no matter how smart the task, we all love to hear the words thank you. So see how many times during this month of compassion that you can say thank you to someone else. Try to say thank you instead of not just thanks. Thanks is sort of flippant. It's not really personal whatsoever. But when you say thank you, the person knows that you are talking to them directly. Saying please displays respect. Please changes a demand into a request, which is kinder, is more compassionate. May I is used more in disciplining. Until your children are off the family payroll, They are to ask you and not to tell you that they are going to do something. It is a compassionate principle to teach our children this so they will not be set up for failure in high school, in college, or in their job. The focus of compassion is on the we and not on the me. Good manners are an extension of compassion. May the Lord honor, may he order our words and our actions. Our words matter. Say, I love you every day to your children and to your husbands. We have a tendency to take our husbands for granted. Let your husband and your children overhear you bragging about them to someone else. Love never fails and keeps no records of wrong, as 1 Corinthians 13 tells us. Love always rejoices. Love always protects. Love always hopes. Our words matter. Discipline and compassion go hand in hand. Have a plan. Stick to it and tell your children what the consequences are going to be before you need the consequences. Discipline without compassion makes for a very hardened child that does not know who they can trust nor who they can turn to in times of trouble. I love what the late Irma Brombach um, says. She said, it is not until you become a mom that your judgment slowly turns to compassion and understanding. Our words matter. Tuck your child, toddler to teen, into bed at night. And even when they come home for college, or they come home from Raleigh or Nashville, 
ask them what was the best thing about your day today. Bedtime rituals are a treasured memory within a mom's heart. We gave Jesus kisses to our kids. We would say, Mommy loves you, and Daddy loves you, and Stevie loves you, but Jesus loves you more, and we would kiss him multiple times. Listen, really, really listen to your children at night whenever they are talking to you. Do you know that some of the best conversations that you ever have occur in the dark, especially whenever you have a teen? As you leave the room, share with your children a verse that you are praying for them. Because as moms, we desire for our hand and the word of God to be the last thing that they remember each night before they fall asleep. Psalm 108.4 says, Is it my Great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches up to the skies. The written word matters. Read aloud or do a devotion to get a point across. Sometimes our words can backfire, but if we can read the the written word, we can get it across a lot better. To show compassion, these were two of our famous Christmas books. The first one is The Other Wise Man by Henry Van Dyke. It's about Artaban. He is a fictional fourth wise man. And he misses the other three wise men because he's trying to do acts of compassion. And so his life sort of parallels Jesus' life, but he gets there just as Jesus dies on the cross. It's a wonderful, wonderful book to share with your kids. The other one is The Last Straw, which really tells us how to live out Acts twenty thirty five, which is it is more blessed to give than to receive. Our words and our actions matter. Let us treat our families as graciously as we do our friends. We tend to be less patient with our own family than we are with our friends. And our family are going to be the people that love us and forgive us over and over and over. Friends are going to change, but family is constant. It's always, they are always going to be there. Our words matter, so let's save our words Too many words can make a learning situation backfire. Our children act up and we lecture, which is what they get in the first place, is more of our attention, more of our words, more of our time. It's a lose-lose for all involved. May our words affirm and praise, encourage, not argue and complain. Discipline simply. Find one consequence, one response. Use them consistently so that your child is going to learn a lesson. Use neutral body language and a calm, even voice if you can. That's a hard one. Check out the teen tip that's on the back of the bookmark. It will give you a website called loveandlogic.com. Please go there and join to get a one-time-a-week discipline tip. It tells you how to use logic and love to get the discipline across so that you are not the culprit but what the child did was the culprit and the reason that they caught the consequence. Consistency is a key factor to being a good parent. Moms, let us save our words. Unsolicited advice to a teen who is 17 years and older is going to equal criticism each and every time. We have to listen, listen, listen as they get older and talk less Less, less. Over the next few weeks, just find a few tidbits of time to 
use compassion in your life. Listen to Christmas music. Watch Christmas music. As, um, watch Christmas movies, as Sandy is so fond of doing. Read by Christmas tree light. And beforehand, prepare your, fa- your husband's favorite snack, his favorite be- beverage. Use a Christmas candle. Use some napkins, plates. Use your imagination. But don't forget to spend some special time with your husband. If we decorate our tree with sparkly ornaments and we harbor discord inside, we are just another decorator. If we're in the kitchen and we're complaining about all the food that we're preparing for all the people, we're just another cook if we don't do it with compassion and a smile on our face. Our children are watching. If we go through Christmas too busy and we don't spend time with the Lord, well... Our times of compassion and kindness and forgiving are going to be a lot harder to find. A life built upon the word of God is one that has a strong foundation. Psalm 48.14 tells us that God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide to the very, very end. Compassion is not a one-size-fits-all. Compassion is an art. We have to L-J-S-O-A-O. Let Jesus stick out all over. May we be still and know that he truly is a God of compassion. Live simply, love generously, and care deeply. Let your words matter. Speak with compassion. People might not recall what you said, but they will recall how you made how you made them feel. Because you water and you wait. You'll see.